what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? Because you guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSOT Rocks. Rock, I'm going to thrive, guys. Yep, we're doing a Wednesday episode because this band has a brand new one coming out on Friday, and emotionally, this is going to take you on one hell of a journey. Let me tell you that. That's a good precursor. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness. Live shows, they're back. Mosh Pits. I'm in them. I'm not stopping. I'm staying the whole entire time. And I got to make sure in order to do that, you know, I'm hitting the gym as much as possible, getting those cardio gains. And I'm still trying to run 10 miles by the end of the year on leg days. Yep. This is a consistent thing. You know, again, cardio, lifting, doing all this stuff, but I got to make sure I recover right and prepare right and make sure that, you know, I'm good to go. So when I get in those mosh pits, I'm still good and strong, even though, you know, my arms are not that big right now. But I want to thank Phoenix Fitness for that because they've helped me out with that with different pre-workouts, both stim and stim free. I use the stim free stuff because me and caffeine don't go very well together. Different BCAA recovery compounds, different creatines, proteins for AM, PM, and after workout multivitamins. Anything you might need in the supplement game in order to hit those fitness goals you're going for or just make sure that when you're in the gym that you're definitely preparing well for the pit helps you out right there. Our listeners and viewers on YouTube get 15 percent off using the code msotd at fnxfit.com at checkout link will be in the description below again 15 percent off using the code msotd so thank you phoenix fitness now on our feature presentation coming all the way from the united kingdom this band is called the city is ours their new album coma drops on friday october 22nd this album goes through so much personal details so many personal events that really hit emotionally. And it is one hell of a ride to go on, one hell of a ride to listen to. And you're going to find out all about it on this podcast, especially with the theme of being open and being honest, especially with us young men out there today, because it's still kind of taboo to talk about. I'm not going to lie. But the more we open up about that stuff, the more we're honest about that stuff, the more empathy and compassion we can deploy and become better humans. Trust me on this. This album really dove deep in it, dives deep into it, and you're going to want to listen to it. So please welcome Molly and Mikey from The City Is Ours. Are you guys ready? Because you better be. Let's go! Yeah! (laughs) Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast. Ever since I've gotten in contact with the Rising Empire and seen as many bands as they've had on the uh, that they have on their roster, talking to them every th- every time I talk to them, it's absolutely incredible. Getting to know as much music of them as possible, and here's another band from that label. And I'm not gonna lie, their brand new album Coma comes out on October 22nd. Gone through it, and my God, am I ready to talk about it with these guys? Because I want to make sure that all you listeners have a chance to get to know about it, and then when it comes out, listen to the whole entire thing because. To say the word dynamic puts it very lightly in terms of this record. It is incredibly dynamic, and more so than the word can even describe. So, please welcome Mikey and Ali from the band The City's Hour. So, guys, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Woo! How's it going? It's going to be sweet. Man, it's going good over on my end. How's it going over in the UK today? Um, I mean, the weather is horrific, which is very... <laughs> It's stereotypically British for you. It's actually been pretty nice here recently, but um, yeah, we're in October now and the rain has set in. So uh, yeah, winter is coming, as they say. Um, <laughs> yeah, other than that, we live in the dream, my dude. It's, everything's great. We've just come off tour. Um, album's coming out in this month. We can say that now. So it's coming out this month. And um, yeah, what time to be alive? 
What a time you life. You said you just got done with a tour? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, we just, uh, we've just been on tour all over the UK uh, with a band called Our Hollow Our Home, which was awesome. Um, it's our first shows in over two years, which was mad. And um, it's also Ollie's first shows uh, ever, actually. <laughs> oh, yes. shoot. Oh, yeah. Fire. I totally forgot about that. So I do want to jump into that to start out with because, again, like you said, this was your first set of shows in the span of two years, of course, because we had the whole entire COVID pandemic where for about a year and a half, everyone was just sitting, grinding their teeth like, can we get live music to come back? It's what we live yeah. for, man. I mean, I was basically doing that the whole entire time. And ever since live music has come back, it's it's about maybe twice a week I'm at a show at a concert. I mean, the last one I was at, I went to go see Slipknot and not going to lie, totally freaking worth it. But when it comes to you guys, you know, first time playing in two years, when you got on stage for the first time, were there any, was there any nerves? Were there any jitters? Was it, you know, something where the anxiety was going through the roof or was it something where you guys get up on stage and it just, it was like you guys had not, you know, been on the shelf for two years. Um, I think from my point of view, as someone who's obviously played shows before, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really nervous. I don't really do nervous. It's not something, um, that is part of my makeup really, but um, apprehension for how to actually do that, how to play shows and how to, we're a very interactive band. We like to have the room kind of as, you know, as much buzz as possible and getting people moving, singing, clapping, dancing, jumping, all that kind of stuff. Like we want people to enjoy however long we're on stage for. Um, and I was a bit kind of like, I don't know if I can remember how to do this. Naturally, when we started, it was fine and it all just kind of went, oh, yeah, I remember how to do that now. <laughs> the build up to it was, um, I wasn't so much nervous, but I don't know, uh, Ollie, I don't know if I can say the same for you, maybe. I don't oh, know yeah, you. no, I, I barely remember the show. I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be fair, I think the, the like butterflies and nerves were the worst, like, just before we started, like, the first, like, 30 seconds. And then we got through the first song and I was like, okay, it's, this is going to be fine. But still, I was still, like... It was so overwhelming. It was insane. Like, because I like I go to shows quite a lot for work, um, and it was like the first like club show I'd been to back. Well, one of them was like second or third, and even just being in that environment is overwhelming for not going there for like eighteen months, and then being on stage yourself. It was a bit. Uh, it was a lot, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Loved it. Well, one thing I've been hearing from a lot of bands that, of course, because every band went through the same thing with the pandemic where they couldn't play shows for a year to a year and a half at the bare minimum, where that first show back, of course, right before you go up on stage, there's going to be some sort of potential nervousness, some potential anxiety, some potential just, you know, jitters in terms of going up on stage. However, Ali, what you said, like that first 30 seconds, once you got through that and all of a sudden you got through the first song, it's all of those worries basically went out of your mind to the point where I was like, okay, we got to that first song. Everything seems to be going well. Let's just keep rolling because you've got that feeling back of playing live shows, even though you were yeah. out for either for you guys, like two years or for you, Ali, where it's like, you know, it's your first set of shows with the city is ours. So that had to be oh, a whole ever. different, like <laughs> nerve added on top of it. Yeah. Well, I'd never been in a band before either. So yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> so, like, this was your like your, the first live show you played with this year with the City Stars. That was your first live show ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've, <laughs> I've jumped up with a couple bands like doing the like 
guess things for like 30 seconds. But yeah, it was the first like set I've ever done. <laughs> Absolutely amazing when he said yes. That was brilliant. <laughs> well, then I got to ask this. When it came to you joining the band, like Mikey, how'd you guys find Ollie and how'd you get connected with him to have him be one of the vocalists for the city's hours due to the fact that, you know, like, like we just said, it was his first live show, really full live show ever was with you guys. Like, how did you find him? So, so yeah. So Sam, our previous vocalist decided to leave um, just before the pandemic, actually. Um, so we were writing a record. We didn't really know what we were doing. Ollie had been a friend of ours for many, many years. Uh, he's photographed us all over the place from, you know, the local, uh, the local pub right up to like download festival he's been he's been everywhere with us so he's been a good friend of the band for a long time and we've seen him do the odd bit here and there and you know he's jumped up and done the odd guest spot with people um but we were actually both working somewhere completely unrelated um and i told him that sam had left the band and he was like oh my god look and i was like obviously don't tell anyone we don't really know what we're gonna do it's all a little bit raw um and we were talking about it and as a joke i literally said the words fancy a job and that was it. <laughs> and then later that day, he messaged me back and was like, um, were you being serious? And I was like, are you being serious? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, we've got a little studio and we were like, okay, we'll come down and try out and see what happens. And we, uh, we, we got a song um, off our first record called um, Casket. And it literally starts with vocals. So we were like, Jamie, the bass player in the band, and I were in the, in the live room, um, in the control room, sorry. And Ollie was in the live room. And we set the mic up and everything else. We're like, yeah, okay, go for it. And he literally just, it started and he just went straight in with this voice. And we were all, both of us were like, oh my God, like what? <laughs> what is happening? And it sounded dope. And we just, from that point, you know, he'd been part of the team the whole time. We didn't really know that he was, we knew that he had a voice, but we didn't know he was capable of that sort of stuff. Um, so we just started looking and writing and carrying on and just, yeah, it was a bit of a, it probably took us a few months, didn't it? To kind of bed everything in. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a really easy transition, really. It's like <laughs> playing because he was here the whole time, but we didn't know. So it was, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty simple. But obviously, it's worked out great. So we're very pleased. Yes, everything worked out. So I guess when it comes down to it, uh, everyone that's listening to this uh, podcast, if you're in a band, and all of a sudden something happens with you, one of your vocalists or any member, don't be afraid to look at the people that are around you right away. Even some people that have been working with you because you never know. All of a sudden, you might know. One of them might have a voice, but then all of a sudden, you hear them sing one of your songs. It's like, how, how does that come out of him? Or how does that come out of her? What, is this possible? And all of a sudden, next thing you know, now you're in the band. <laughs> what it was like. So, uh, yeah, you've got to, you hit the nail on the head. Spot on. Oh, man. oh, man, that is incredible. And, Ali, when it comes to you, when it comes to joining the band, did you – ever expect to even join the band at all or when you know you had that i or when mikey asked you know fancy a job what was that like in terms of your head my headset or like mindset where it's like okay is, are they being serious and is this going to be a thing <laughs> all of a sudden next thing you know now you're now you're singing in the band what was what was that whole entire process like for you um well it's like i've never i've been with bands like starting out like doing their content stuff like that and like touring with them and like having to like sleep in like random front rooms like hardwood floors like freezing like squats in europe and stuff like that um so i know i'd never want to start up a band myself just because i'm lazy and i'd rather skip that <laughs> <laughs> but um 
and like I've known City because I've known City years like I've known everyone for ages I'd know they're a group of people that get on with each other and I get on with as well because I've seen the amount of times that the, the dynamic between bands are completely different because there's no like friendship really between um, the members and as soon as like as soon as I found out about Sam I was like if there's one chance to do it it's probably now just because it is yeah it makes no sense um, but I'd never like it was so random and it was just like on the off chance and then until like until properly exploring doing it I didn't realise how much I wanted to actually do it <laughs> if you get what I mean no, oh, I totally get what you mean. And I think one of the things that you said that really sticks out is when it comes to any time for anybody that's in a band, when it's something where it's more of that purely business transactional kind of thing. And there's not really mm. that much of a, like a friendship vibe there between the members. There's going to, of course, always be issues that arise and there's always going to be problems that end up arising. But when you do have that friendship base, when it comes to those band members, what's going to end up happening is, is there's going to be more of this comfort level when it comes to working with them, being creative with them, going through the process of being in a band with them, because it doesn't matter at what point you are, whether you are, you know, sleeping in those front rooms on those cold hardwood floors just to get to the next show, or it's a more, you know, you're a little bit more established, like where you guys are right now, you know, going around touring, you know, maybe I, you know, your own tour bus, guys are all bunking the bus together, but the fact of the matter is at least you're not sleeping on hardwood floors. <laughs> However, it's somewhere you guys are, are going to be together for a long time. And you guys are going to be working together for a long time. So if you don't have that friendship level there, then it's going to be a lot harder to go through that process in terms of, you know, just living together, working together instead of what you have now with this friendship, with this bot, with this close bond that you have with everybody there, where it seems like, you know, going out on tour, basically kind of living together, working together. Seems easy. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think that's, you hit the nail on the head really we've uh yeah we've been very lucky very very lucky to have fallen on our feet with this a little bit because replacing a well replacing a band member is never easy replacing a vocalist is even harder um so to have someone who we already uh know and love i suppose just step into the role made it all a lot easier so we're very very happy and uh very pleased to be cracking on in the way that we are so it's great no, absolutely. I think you also did bring up another important point too, is because whenever you have a vote, whenever you have a member leave, it's going to be tough to replace them because you have to bring a new member, a new person into your family. But it's even tougher when it's the vocalist due to the fact that it's usually the vocalist. They're at the front of the band. They're at the front of the stage. They're the one that everyone is hearing. And when it comes to the music, that's like the most noticeable thing is going to be if there's going to be a change in vocals. So you're going to want to make sure that not only do you get the right person that fits the sound that you want to go with, but also still has that same mindset, that same passion around them and that same connectivity as a friend with the rest of the band. So to be able to find that with Ali, I mean, you absolutely, you guys struck gold on this one. Ding, 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 jackpot. Thank <laughs> it. It's like you were the one of you were one of the very few bands ever to go to the musical casino, pull the lever and actually hit the jackpot. 100 percent dude it was excellent very lucky very grateful it's been uh yeah it's been it's definitely made that whole process a lot a lot simpler so yeah very grateful for that 
Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't expect you to be anything less than grateful. And then, of course, you guys have the brand new album coming on the 22nd called Coma. And I was so happy to be able to basically live with this album for, I think, the span of two weeks before this whole entire thing came about. So I was living with these songs, listening to them all over the place. And the thing that I first noticed was, you know, running through the press release of it that was out there was just the theme of the overall album. And the reason I always like to look at the theme of the album is because that always ends up putting me in the headspace of where the music is going, the stories that are trying to be told, and how the instrumentals and the vocals are going to relate to telling the stories around whatever, you know, the idea around the album is or the theme around the lyrics, whatever it might be. And I think the Presley says, I'm like, the theme of the album is to tackle the loss of loved ones, relationships, personal sovereignty, and self-control head on, all while adding like a juxtaposition style to the music, giving some more of like the poppy and upbeat hooks that this album is going to have. So when it came to the overall idea behind Coma, why was that the idea behind it? Um, I think when we were writing the album, it was, we wanted to be, we've always written songs about like our personal experience. Um, we're not one of those bands that are very good at kind of picking a topic and just rolling with it. We've always kind of gone with, we're sort of writing from the heart almost and, and you know, wearing our hearts on our sleeves and try, particularly trying to encourage kind of um, people in general, but particularly young males to, to sort of speak about how they feel about things. And I was very kind of uh, conscious of that. Um, I was going through some pretty rough, a pretty rough like patch in my personal life and writing these songs for this album was kind of like my outlet and my coping mechanism almost of of putting together how I was feeling in my head because it was so um it's almost like it felt like you know that like when you're those old like cartoons of like changing channels on the old TVs where it was like you had to like tune it in rather than yeah. the clicker. It was like it felt like that. It was like it was just this constant like white noise in my head flicking between different things. And it was like trying to make this like how that was in here down onto onto paper and then obviously into songs and things like that. And I think that's why the variation in the record has been so sort of vast because we were literally writing songs for how it felt in that moment. So some of the songs are, you know, there's there's bits of the record that are, are angry and you know, there's a, a little bit of venom in places because of how we were feeling about a particular topic. And those songs have come out aggressive and angry and heavy. And, you know, the riffs are, are fuller than, than previous incarnations of what we've done. Um, and it's more amplified than, than anything before. But then also there's this other whole element of kind of pop songs and, and this kind of poppy, emotional, vocally driven telling the story of what's going on i've used this example a few times but like death of me is one of the singles we released is essentially a song that i wrote about having a minor breakdown i was really not in a very good place i wrote the song about how i was feeling and how i felt like my life was kind of falling apart and there was nothing i could do to stop it and the lyrics are dark man that is that's how i was feeling the song, the instrumentation of the song, because of the way that it came out at that time, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, because it wasn't calculated, is like a poppy, dancey, sing-along, jumpy song where everyone's kind of having a great time. Arguably the most lyrically dark song on the record. So it's this whole kind of mixture of emotions, and I feel like it has really kind of personified almost how I was feeling at that time 
and sort of the rest of the guys sort of saw that I think and kind of got on board with it so it's been a collective effort and a collective process but we've all been involved in making that and bringing it to life but also doing it in the moment and not being too conscious of what other people think about what we're doing and hoping that people will be able to kind of be empathetic towards the way that it is and hopefully also relate to it in whichever way they choose to try and you know provide them with some kind of solace like it has for me because it's helped me be in a better place now by putting all that down and explaining my own journey to myself almost through these songs hopefully other people will be able to then latch onto that and you know maybe not in the same way as me but use it as a tool to improve their own well-being and hopefully encourage people to talk about how they feel as well because it's such a there's so much stigma around it like i said particularly with with young males but everyone it's like you, you know you need to talk to people about how you feel and i want people to be encouraged to do that through this record i gotta bring up a couple of things just in response to that because there's a lot there that i really want to just talk through and the first thing is when you're talking about you know you're speaking from the heart on a lot of these and of course there are bands that when they come up sometimes they come up with a topic and they really hammer in on a topic that might not necessarily be something that comes to their heart more storytelling stuff Similar to like what I would say, what Ice Nine Kills has done with the Silver Scream, what they're doing with the Silver Scream Part 2. Of course, I, I'm a huge fan of the band, so I absolutely love all this stuff. But there's also bands that really come and talk through, you know, what they're going through, really go through the emotions. And what you're saying with young males, especially in the music scene, if they're able to actually go and like open up and talk about it and break that stigma, we get some of the most incredible musical productions out there. We get some of the most incredible songs out there. Two examples, take a look at anything that Beartooth has ever released. Caleb Shoma was basically detailing his whole entire mindset and all his struggles in that. And you can you can really feel it through all the emotion, all the energy that's behind there. Or take a look at the, uh, uh, God, what album was it? It just had in my head, the Holy Hell album from Architects. Yeah. It's That was the album that got me started in metalcore because it was like taking a look at it. It was, they were literally going through, they were literally describing the process of grief, the five stages of grief after losing Tom Cyril from top to bottom through that album. And being able to just listen to that and just understand that, especially for us as listeners, what we're able to do is we're able to pick up on the emotion of what you went through personally. We're able to use the sounds that you created through the music, through the instrumentals, through the vocals through just the different tones that are being used, the, even like sometimes the juxtaposition style of like what Death of Me has, where it has a little bit of a poppier style to it, but it has such darker lyrics as a contrast. We're able to understand that emotion and put our own ideas, our own experiences in that and relate to the music so that we can learn something more about ourselves. We can learn something about more about our situation. We can relate better and potentially work through some of those issues. And when it comes to Death of Me specifically, out of all the songs around the record, that honestly was my favorite song off the whole entire record. And the reason being was because it did have some more of that like poppier style to it, but there, especially from the chorus as well, it still had more of this like alternative lighter metalcore style to it, still with some of those poppier hooks, but just the darkness that was behind those lyrics with the lightness that had from the instrumentals you're seeing how, you know, when you're going through something that you're really struggling with, then, you know, you feel like whatever you do just isn't working. What ends up happening is, is you're keep, especially for, uh, especially for young males, we tend to keep that in on the inside because we don't really want to show that to anybody. So it kind of feels like, you know, on the outside, everything seems okay. It's because we're just going through the motions, but on the inside, it seems like nothing's going right. And we're going through some sort of existential crisis to the point where 
you know, we're questioning our own self-worth. We're questioning if what we're doing in life is right. And some people, and sometimes we're even questioning if living is worth it at all. And the reason why I say that is because I've dealt with stuff like that before. So listening to that song, listening to Death of Me, trying to connect with it, it really does hit a little bit more at home because of the way that it's written. Dude, that's, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you're able to connect with it because that's exactly what we're trying to trying to achieve, really. I mean, there's there's literally themes of all of that all the way through the album. Like, and it does, we've, we've designed it in such a way to try and take, you know, to explain the journey, but also take the listener on a journey, but hopefully to give them some kind of resolve at the end as well. So that but by the end of it, but you know, as a body of work, you're kind of getting through following the same path that I, I went on, that we went on. And by the end of it, realizing that there is kind of light at the end of the tunnel and it, you know, essentially life goes on and it will get better. So absolutely. That is one important thing to remember is that, you know, there's, it doesn't seem like, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel at times. I totally can understand where that comes from, but I mean, there, the, they always say that there's a light at the end of the tunnel because there always is. It's always darkest before the dawn that it, it's, it's a cliche phrase, but it wouldn't be cliche and it wouldn't be overused if it wasn't true. Absolutely. And when it comes to talking again, more honestly through your music and being more honest with it, with what you've gone through, we can really connect with it as well. Even including with the, another song on the record that comes right after death of me, which is violent because instrumentally between death of me and violent, those are instrumentally, those are two completely different songs. It sounds like at times they come from two completely different bands based on a little more of the darker but poppier alternative metalcore side of Death Me, but then Violent, which has a much heavier style to it. But then again, when you relate it to the theme of the song overall, which how I related to it, using that heavier style just made so much more sense to bring out a little more of this, you know, anger and a little bit more of this passion behind trying to break through what I thought the end of theme was of Violent. Yeah. That's that's exactly what we were trying to do is we wanted to be like authentically city, which is, you know, all of the things that are in there, the, the, the pop parts, the sing along choruses, the heavy breakdowns, the, you know, all of the different elements. We wanted all of that to be included. And we didn't want to kind of, we you know, we had conversations about scaling things back and changing things and trying to make it sort of a little more, I don't, I don't know if cohesive is the right word because I feel like it's cohesive anyway, but like, make it uniform yeah a bit more uniform and we decided that it was kind of that would just be detrimental to ourselves so that's why we, we decided to just go with it and see what happened and try and, and craft something that that would embrace both ele- elements of what we were doing um in in their kind of purest forms and, and be able to sculpt it into something that sounded like a cohesive body of work and i feel like we've done that so i'm pleased hopefully everyone else will agree and be able to relate to it in, in some way that helps them, hopefully, maybe. Well, that's why I said, like, at the beginning of the episode, when I said dynamic doesn't necessarily describe this record properly, is because of that, is when you look at this album, it's, and when you listen to it, these songs, they end up, of course, they have this core at the middle of them, which really relates to every song in The City's Hours and with your music. 
However, it's every song, especially from just, you know, specifics with the pacing, just sometimes having that popular style in there, sometimes having a heavier style, whatever it might be. There's so much going on here. But when you listen to it, it's you're able to relate to the emotion of some of these songs a little bit more. Going back to going back to violent because using the heavier sound, I'm like, okay, you know, I was really getting into it, but trying to figure out the meaning of the song, I was listening to it, and I kind of took a look at it with Here's what like, I, mean, I got to say this because this is how I took a look at violent. I'll explain why it really connected with me. It was like I took it as like today's social media climate and how everyone is freely expressing sometimes some hateful, damning, overall evil opinions and comments about someone and to someone without having to face any repercussion of it because you're just behind a keyboard. You're behind a profile, behind an avatar. You're not dealing with that person face to face. But and those words still have impact and make people want to stand up for themselves. It's like watch out for in real life because those words and opinions you know, they need to have answers to them. So it's like, if you're going to end up calling me out for something that is un, un, untrue, unfounded, unfair, whatever it might be, do it to my face because then you have to deal with me right away instead of having to deal with it in front of a keyboard. And it's just the anger with the fact that everyone, a lot of people that are doing these like trolling kind of comments are not having to face the repercussions for their actions. And it's kind of boiling over to the point where other people are getting sick and tired of it. And having that heavier style on it really brought some more of that like anger to the forefront a little more that animosity a little more that drive to the forefront to really make sure that kind of there are repercussions for your actions if you're gonna end up being a dick. Yeah. That I mean that's essentially it is the the album on a whole takes takes you through a journey of all different different feelings and different thoughts around that same theme. And this was violent is a great example of that because it was it was it's essentially what you're describing. It was a particular incident, but it was it was you know people talking about my situation, our situation behind our backs, behind my back without people having or believing that they would have to um, suffer any kind of uh, repercussions of that. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a a direct response. We wanted it to be that. We wanted to be, you know, like it's fairly blunt, it's fairly venomous in the way that the lyrics come across in some places but there is also an element of um you know uh giving the benefit of the doubt in some of the places and sort of going yeah like we understand why but it doesn't make it right do you know what i mean and i think that's kind of the people talk and that's that's always going to happen and that's not going to change um and i understand that but it's kind of going that doesn't necessarily make it right and you need to kind of reflect upon your actions i'm not somebody who believes that you know, once if someone does something wrong, then that's it. You should just kind of, you know, throw them to the wayside and that be it. But there has to be, um, you know, consequence almost. And I feel like this is that song in particular is kind of a consequential offering almost of, of that in response to that particular action. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you pick up on it in that way because that is essentially what we were looking at, but through a slightly different vessel almost. Well, again, it's the same thing where, you know, understanding the core emotion of the song, especially looking through the lyrics, listening to the song as well and trying to piece it all together. Of course, I'm going to hit on the same emotion that you did because that's what you're going for and I can feel that. But when it comes to the very specifics of what, you know, we're talking about then the specific instances where we're relating to the song with, it's going to be a little bit different due to the fact that we're completely different people. We're living different lives. So our experiences are going to be different. However, one thing you did say there was, you know, it's people, you want to have, you know, consequences for your actions if you're going to end up doing something like this, if you're going to end up, you know, kind of being a dick, but 
you know, if you're going to do something wrong, you don't want it to be like, you know, the end of whatever you're doing, like basically, okay, you know, end of, end of your career, end of whatever it is, because I think it's another classic game to, to, to err is human. So it's like to, to not be perfect is to be human. It's not necessarily what you do. It's not necessarily, it's like what happens with those actions. It's if those actions end up happening with those consequences, how do you learn from them? That's kind of the more important aspect of it due to the fact that we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes, but it should be based on even when you make a mistake, how do you learn from it? How do you go forward from it? And how do you make yourself better because of it? That's exactly it. That's that's what we're aiming for. And hopefully, you know, it comes across like a very angry song and a very, uh, yeah, very kind of, like I said, venomous. And in some ways it is, and I'm, I'm not going to apologize for that because that's how we wanted it to be. But, you know, it's not just a, a metaphorical middle finger to, to that, it's, it's about learning and it's about developing and it's about becoming a better person at the end of it. And part of that process of this whole writing was that was something that I was working with. I was working on myself and working on, on, you know, making myself better almost. So like it's all part and parcel of it. And hopefully people can pick up on that and, and, and use it as a way to help develop their own character and, and relate to it and reflect on it and, and use it in a way that is beneficial to them. No, absolutely. Again, when it comes to listening to music, what I have to say for everyone is when it comes to Coma, when it does come out, please, please, please listen to the album how I would listen to the album. Put it on and go from the first song all the way down to the 12th one. Go in order. Those songs are in that order for a reason. You're going to feel every bit of this album, every bit of the theme, every bit of the emotion from top to bottom. You're going to want to do that. Trust me on it. Yeah, dude, it's, it's definitely designed as a journey from point A to point B. Um, and you can, I think you can feel that and you can hear that as you go. And like I said, it gives you some kind of resolution at the end and hopefully shows people that there is something else afterwards. So yeah, I would definitely recommend giving it a spin. I mean, as much as it's fun to listen to the singles and pick your favorite songs and everything else, give it a go in, in order and hopefully you'll kind of hope, you know, figure out roughly where we were trying to, uh, what we were trying to express and, and give you some kind of journey that you can potentially relate to in your own way as well as a listener. So if you do, that's great because that's what we were aiming for. So fingers crossed. No, absolutely. I think, I, I think you guys absolutely hit it. If, you know, especially if people are able to listen to it from one to 12 and just really get lost in it. But even, you know, taking a look at just the fact that, you know, you're tackling the themes of, you know, just things within your personal life, you know, things that like potential loss of loved ones, potential relationships, either good or bad, personal sovereignty, self-control. I think one of the major things I ended up picking up on was on a good number of these songs. I think it was like four or five of them. I can't remember exactly which ones. I'd have to take a look at my note sheet and quickly scroll through it. But when I was listening to the vocal construction and the choruses specifically, it especially with like sometimes a heavier backing or like a you know sometimes more melodic backing, just the way that the vocals were coming across really reminded me a lot of earlier Kill Switch Engage and Current Light the Torch with Howard Jones specifically with how his style, his like more prophetic vocal style ends up coming out here. And the reason I bring that up as a huge plus on this album is because every time I listen to Kill Switch or Light the Torch, I know with Howard Jones, I know he's always going to be talking about something personal in his life every single step of the way. And it's just the way that, that comes out with the power that comes out there. It really ends up hitting with more of this melodic style backing from his vocal set, from just how he pulls it out there. And with a couple of these songs, I just picked up on that instantly. So I was able to really connect with more of the personal side of things on some of these songs. 
I'm trying to think which I'm trying to remember. Like I just got to pull up an example of one. I think I might have it, but I got to make sure that it comes. I have it in here somewhere. I ah shit. I feel really bad about this. I got I got I got to do my whole entire control F and find. Oh, okay, where is it? Which one do I have it? It actually was violent as one of them too. With the chorus. Like I picked up. I'm like, holy shit! You got to be kidding me. This is fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, no, I mean, well, anything being compared to, or at least in a conversation with uh, Howard Jones is is mad. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, we we've always been like authentic in our writing style. We've always written about things that are, are unapologetically us, and uh, you know, we we've, we've always, like I said, been advocates for speaking about how you feel. It's such a, it sounds trivial and it sounds silly, but it's like it's the if you, if you can't speak about how you feel openly mentally, that's going to be huge. Like to, you know, we've all suffered with it. We've all dealt with it and we're, you know, we're working on ourselves, but I'm not sitting here as some kind of guru who knows everything about, you know, how to center oneself and, and do everything else. But it's about trying to kind of be more honest, be more open with your own self and, and do your, do your thing. And that's always been something we wanted to do. And that's why we've carried that into this record um, because we feel that it's important to to champion that, you know, to give people an outlet and be, you know, our platform is is our platform and it's growing, um, and we're we're grateful for that. But it's if, if we can put this message at the center of what we're doing, then hopefully it will encourage people to get on board and realize that there's a safe space around city where you are free and open to do that, and encourage other people to outwardly spread that message rather than internalize what they're doing. Absolutely. And not only does it come with cities as well, but also within rock and metal as a whole as well, because when it comes to rock and metal, I mean, you take a look at all the people around there. It's 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 not just a group of fans, not just a group of people. It's more like a family, honestly. And the more we're able to be open with each other, the more able to be honest and really be able to start expressing some of these things and talking about some of these things that, you know, over the course of history that has been, you know, more taboo to talk about, especially as younger males where, you know, it's kind of expected that, you know, if you're going through something, you know, you just kind of don't talk about it. You kind of shove it deep down and just, you know, try and forget about it. But that doesn't necessarily help out the whole entire issue. If we're able to talk about this stuff openly, we're able to potentially even help out the people that are next to us, the people in our family, the people, our friends, other Rock and Metal fans, anybody in the world, we can end up helping out with some of this stuff, feel more comfortable with what they're going through, feel more understanding that, you know, there is that light at the end of the tunnel, whatever, if it's, if it's something that's bad. And just understand that there are other people that have gone through that. And there are other people that understand what you're going through, understand those emotions, understand that pain and are here for you in a way. Like that's kind of the most important thing is if the more we're honest, the more empathy, the more compassion we can end up deploying. And honestly, the better off we can be as as a group of humans on this planet instead of, you know, potentially trying to shove things down and just not talk about them, grow animosity and become divided. Completely agree. Completely agree. I was going through back, even like web chat. I went like, okay, I got to keep finding more about this light, the torch stuff too. Cause I was like, I'm trying to find another song that really brought it up for me. And it was body count that also really had that as well. And I get like, I'm taking a look at my little overall consensus on it. And cause at the beginning of it, it kind of had more of this like new metalcore approach. I had a little more of like this more, you know, sometimes just more upbeat kind of style, a little bit more, uh, Heavier style leads to some bursting style. I'm like, okay, I like this because it's completely a little bit different. I like the transition for it. It could be a lot to digest, but it takes a lot for it. But then all of a sudden you get to the chorus and I'm like, the band goes to this lighter melodic style of metalcore. 
especially in the course that is very and i didn't even put light i didn't say like light the torch but i put for fans of light the torch because i like the for fans of it. it ends up giving more of the it doesn't sound like it but the emotion behind the same i'm like this creates a contrast to the heavier styles the band will go with in like the second verse as well and with the intro it with without like sacrificing the connection with the whole entire song i like it as more of this question back to you again very light the torch ask i'm like okay this is something we go and then the chorus again the vocals as well the cleans come in and we really have again that howard jones like the torch flow and i like the flow and how this has more of this call out to trying to find love in life in time of like you know right now we're living a life of time of like promiscuity where you know love and connection isn't necessarily like this heavy thing that people are trying to find even though i'm shooting this on the day i'm going to be at my best friend's wedding which is kind of also a weird juxtaposition kind of style thing knowing how howard would really get into this style with his writing and the overall content of the song's message this is an absolute massive fit for the song even with the unclean accents to connect us back to this full song overall like everything flows so well in body count where i'm like damn this, this works like this freaking works <laughs> I mean, Ollie, Ollie loves body count, so maybe I'll let him talk about that. He, <laughs> he loves that song. Yeah, well, I just like the weirdness of it, to be fair. I just like how it has a lot of the modern, like, new metal core elements to it. And I always like it when bands, like, do a lot more of the experimental, like, a lot more experimental uh, writing. Um, so, like, when it has like weird like whispers and like synths and yeah it just reminds me of like poppy and like just weird just weirdness really um i'm always a big fan of that <laughs> no absolutely it, it just creates this whole entire different just contrast style to really understand the emotions of the song because you'd be going to different things because when i put this together and i wrapped up body count like i was kind of like overall you know if i had to write a little press release on it like a one paragraph thing i put overall like the approach to go with the new metal core style to bring in more of this distortion to the heavier topic and the sound discussing promiscuity and the connection to love overall i do like the move up to a point because the use of the same intro like in the bridge of the song as well leaves the song in this like kind of creative blank space in a way which at times seems like you know this seems odd but then when the chorus comes in really again we know that like for fans of like the torch howard jones style it's the perfect contrast between there it is lighter but it doesn't sacrifice the ability to bring in the heavier style to light for the band on this song and then that creative blank it allows for that transition to perfectly happen it's so well done in the on that aspect right here that this song stands out as you know one of those songs where it's gonna catch people by surprise not gonna lie but it's going to catch people by surprise in terms of the, how the hell was this made? Oh my God. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. That's, I think it was just a case of, it was one of those songs where we had a bunch of different sections and a bunch of different ideas that we thought were cool. Um, and it was like, how do we glue this all together? And that's essentially what we did, which is why it's a little bit kind of all over the place, but it still feels cohesive. And I think that's the important part. It that still feels, it, it makes sense. I mean, that is the important part. And even when it comes to a song like Body Count, where it does have some of those different styles going through there as well, is it, it, and it's, it speaks to the album as well. It kind of has the micro, it's like kind of a microcosm of the album in a way where it's there's things that are all that are kind of in different places, but it still flows together as one cohesive unit. And it doesn't feel like it's forced to feel like a cohesive unit. It just feels like it's kind of, you know, different songs that have different styles to them, but it's, 
all still fits. Like, take a look at Madre. Madre is such a, a completely different song from any other song on the album with its much softer sound, especially using the piano. It has more of this kind of like full-on acoustic ballad feel to it. But it makes so much sense to still have on this album, especially when you listen to the theme and you listen to the emotion behind it. It still connects with every song that comes before it and then the two songs after it. Yeah, that's that's basically what we wanted to do is we wanted to create a, a body of work rather than a you know a collection of songs, I suppose. So it's Madre has its place in almost being that kind of um emotional reset almost before going into the final stage of the record, which is almost kind of that acceptance of of what's happening. And I think it was that kind of Madre kind of puts the spin on it starts that off and you know comes off the back of body count which is so sort of heavy and then like only human and stuff like that where it's all kind of really intense to then come off the back of it and just have a, a breather almost and just allow the emotion to kind of reset before going into the sort of real it's i mean it's a very emotionally heavy record all the way through but particularly the last two songs have kind of accepting that there's nothing you can do to change it and hopefully trying to then move on from it which is the hardest part in my experience was kind of accepting that it was this was how it was going to be and, and move forward um it, it seemed to work as a nice way of doing that um even though you know the last two songs emotionally are probably two of the heaviest on the whole record oh i'd have to agree with you on that as well and especially again with madra it does create that kind of transitional piece again and throughout the whole entire album when you listen to it through and through because it does have that softer feel to it but then you go into songs like barely alive and save you with my love and barely alive like i kind of really got into that one as well due to the fact that again it kind of like you said it's kind of like there's a lot of things going on in life and there's a lot of things you can't change and you have to accept them but what I liked about Barely Alive was it kind of like spoke to the fact that those things that can, you know, really like you can't change, they can really end up bringing you down and kind of have this like lack of motivation that kind of will leave you in like this life of like a comatose state where you just kind of exist and don't fully live. And this song kind of called out for me specifically to reignite that childlike wonderment and that will to just try things so that you find what you like in life and live it to the fullest and not go through like you're a freaking zombie. Yeah. Exactly that. I mean, that's the whole, you know, the idea behind you've, you've essentially hit the nail on the head with the, the album, that comatose state of just existing and not living is essentially what what this whole record is about. That's why we titled it Coma. That's why it's like that, because that's what it felt like. You know, we felt like we were just existing or I was just existing and not and not and not living um, and sort of trying to understand why that was and trying to sort of obviously wake, wake oneself up almost a little bit. So, um. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, but Barely Alive is almost like one of the darkest points. And like you said earlier with the, you know, the darkest before the dawn, it's really, that's what that is. It's that darkest point before Savior of My Love is almost the dark point reaching into that dawn, coming out the end of the end to, to tail off the record. So, Oh, absolutely. And it's somewhere I can easily relate to that as well, because when I was going through the horrible time that I went through life in 2017, early 2018, it was, there were a lot of things that were keeping me down, but it was, it wasn't until I kind of figured out that, the things that I couldn't control or the things that, you know, that were keeping me down that weren't necessarily that I could change, I had to just let those go and let those be because if I wasn't able to change them or I wasn't able to do anything about them, why should I let them just completely affect me? If there were things that I could change, okay, let's go and attack that and let's see, okay, how can we change this for myself for the better to kind of get more of that motivation back, that wonderment back to try different things. 
And because of that, I mean, I'm doing this right now. I'm talking to you guys about this album. That's the whole that's the whole thing that ended up happening. It went from, you know, not necessarily wanting to do anything and living that zombie like say to all of a sudden talking to you guys on a freaking podcast. This is wow. great. <laughs> I love it. And when it comes to Coma, I always like to kind of wrap up the album also in an, when I listen to it in an overall style thing to kind of give a full summation of it. And what I put down was to kind of summarize it for everybody that, because I want you to listen to the album, I put overall when it comes to Coma, this album really tried to do a lot and did so by making sure that no song really sounded the same. With the band taking on some darker and more emotional themes within the mental and emotional realm, they were able to create comparisons with the heavy metalcore styles and a juxtaposition when they use more of this pop-centric style beats and patterns in their alternative metalcore style. The lighter style of Death of Me is purely beautiful in how it is shown with a lighter tone and pop style beat, but keeps it emotionally heavy with the tones of the guitar and the mixture of the cleans and uncleans. Coma comes straight in your face for you to wake up, and I'm all for it, honestly. Moderately brings in that soft style to really kind of reset it, and Save You With My Love does the same thing to get you to realize that the only one that can save you is yourself because you have to accept that. This album is, again, all over the place, but it takes on so many different ideas about love and life that it will force you to consider new things about yourself and who you are in life. Dude, uh, well, I think I don't know what I was going to say. Like, you can have on the head. Bag on. <laughs> Not not gonna lie, living with the sound for a couple of weeks and really get it, trying to get and understand it. This is kind of, that's what I came up with, and I feel like if people really take a time and just really digest the album, really listen to it again from top to bottom. Honestly, I'll, I'll say what I what I talked about with uh, Nick from Ascent Like Wolves. When it comes to this record, do this the day it comes out. If you really want to get into it, when it's you know it gets dark outside. Go in your car, go for a drive. It'll take, you know, just go drive around for like an hour and just listen to this whole entire album because the only thing that you're going to see is the opera and you're going to end up being in your mind and you're going to end up listening to this and you're going to feel so many different things and you're going to end up realizing potentially some certain things about you that you didn't necessarily realize. You might be going through something and this could easily be the thing that helps you understand what you're going through and ends up giving you that, you know, that turnaround moment where all of a sudden, you could go from, you know, potentially living that zombie-like state to next thing you know, next year, you could be doing something that you absolutely love. And it could be because of Coma. It could be because of this album. So make sure you go and do that. If you really want to get into it, I suggest it. If you don't want to, you know, jump in the car and do it, sit at home. Just put some headphones on. Just get lost in it. Just get lost in the album. But again, listen to it from top to bottom. Don't skip around. Listen to it from top to bottom and then do it again. Yeah, man, that's what we like. That's what I'm hoping people will get on board with that and give it a go because it's uh, it is a journey, and we hope that some you know some people will come on that journey with us a little bit and see see how they how they interpret it. Well, I mean, I went on that journey with you guys, and wow, that was wow. one hell of a journey, man. <laughs> Thank you, dude. It means a lot that uh, you were able to uh, yeah that it it meant something to you and made you feel something. That's ultimately what we're aiming for. We want people to to feel something, be part of the city experience, whether that be in a room at a live show or on record or, you know, whatever it is, whichever part or way that they are interpreting what we do or being part of what we do. Um, we just want people to feel something and be in that moment with us. And that's, uh, yeah, so that's great. I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. And of course, I honestly think as long if people are able to just listen to this app, sit down and listen to it, really get into it. They're going to feel that it, they're going to end up going through that journey with you. They're going to feel that with you. And 
it's going to be potentially again one of those things that could be that could be the catalyst for some serious life changing moments for the better for a lot of people. That's what I'm saying. Let's hope so. So as we close out this podcast, because I want to make sure that everyone gets a chance to listen to Coma by, of course, the city's ours out October 22nd. As we close this out, the one thing I always like to do at the end is with the guests I have on, with the artists I have on, I want to give you guys a chance to literally say anything you want to say, promote whatever you want to promote at this moment. So at this moment, the floor is yours, guys. So, yeah, I mean, as, as you've heard, Coma is the, uh, a sophomore album from the city of ours coming out on the 22nd of October. Um, it's a very personal journey uh, through some pretty rough stuff um, that hopefully will give you guys some solace um, and give you a, a way of interpreting your own thoughts and processes and able you, enable you to sp- feel confident enough to speak up and say how you feel, talk to your friends, um, check in on your friends if, you, if you're not doing that, because that's hugely important. Um, and just be part of, be present in the moment with this record. Um, there's pre-order bundles, there's CDs, there's vinyls, there's T-shirts, all that stuff available from www.thecityisours.co.uk um, and via Impericon and places like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, we're just excited to to get it out there and, and show 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 you all what it's all about. So yeah, if you're able to help us out and pick up a copy of CD or a vinyl or something, it, it all helps us out and helps us to continue spreading this message. But the most important part for us is that we hope you can just listen to this record and it, it, it evokes some kind of feeling in you and, and, you know, gives you that little bit of confidence to check in on your friends, speak about how you feel and, you know, ultimately give you something to take away from that 45 minute experience. Damn, Mikey, that was well said. Wow. That sums it up perfectly. Thank you. Yeah, no, we just we just want to like, you know, we're here. All of your favorite bands are just other people just like you. You know, they're just people that are fans of other bands. We're all in bands because of this. And to, you know, it's playing shows is, is amazing and being with people and you know, everyone's got dreams and ambitions and everything else, but to just ha- know that our music is able to help people in some way, shape or form and to be, you know, when people send us messages saying, I've listened to this, I've listened to that. And I've managed to relate to it in this way. And it's really helped me. That for me personally is, is the best thing, the best part of doing what we do. So I'm just hoping that this record is another, another avenue for people to, to use that as a, as a vessel of healing. Well, honestly, like I, what we just went through that we went through it and I honestly think they will. So that's, that's a huge key. Now I got to end this podcast with three things. So Yes, Coma comes out on October 22nd. You're going to want to listen through the whole entire thing and top to bottom. You're going to want to follow along with The City is Ours because you're going to want to go see him play live when you get the chance. You're going to want to follow along with the band. You're going to want to, you know, keep tabs them and become a super big fan of the band. Trust me on that. And you're going to want to support them as much as possible as well. You're going to want to check out that merch. You want to buy merch, you know, get those pre-order bundles, get a t-shirt, get a vinyl record because, well, this thing needs more vinyl records to play. So I know what I'm doing right when this we're done recording this podcast. I'm pulling out my credit card. I'm going and I'm going to order me one of those records. It's going to happen. So instead of you guys having to search up all this stuff online for yourselves, instead of having to do that. All you're going to have to do is look in the description of the podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. You're going to see something that says, find the city is ours online. You're going to see labels. You're going to see links. You just have to click on them. It's going to take you to all their socials. 
their website, YouTube, where you can find some merch, where you can pre-order the album, where you can pre-save it, where you can stream, all that stuff. I'll make it as easy as possible for you. Just take a look at the description. All the links are going to be there. So you have no excuse. I've done all the research for you. You just got to make it happen. And now it's time for number two that I like to end it with. So guys, whenever I've guessed in the podcast that I enjoy having on the podcast, I tend to make a certain promise to them because, well, it's kind of my way of like, I absolutely love having you guys in the podcast. I want to thank you and I want to support you in any way possible. So this is not an if. This promise is not an if because if implies possibility of it not happening. So that's, that's why I say when, because when implies it will happen, but you know, date and time right now to be determined. So when, when I get to see the city of ours play live for the first time, whether it's over here in the U S whether it's over in Europe, because I'm still planning on going over there in 2022 for a couple of weeks and seeing what the hell happens, seeing as many shows as possible. So it's when I get to see the city of ours live for the first time. My promise to you guys is this first rounds on me. Yeah, my dude. <laughs> Well, the second round's on me. How about that? Deal. <laughs> deal, deal, guys. I absolutely love it, and we'll make it happen. So on that note, I can't end this podcast with a goodbye because, again, that implies like we're not going to see each other again. I want to see you guys perform live. I wanna, I've got to pay up on that debt, and I'd love to have you back on the podcast again in the future. So this can't be goodbye. No, 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 no. This is see you later. Love that. <laughs> well well, folks that was my interview with ali and mikey from the band the city is ours again coma comes out on october 22nd make sure you go buy the album pre-save it download it when it comes out follow along with the band make sure you go check them out live when you get a chance because you're gonna want to all the links for them are in the description below in the podcast under find the city is ours online please remember to follow everything at msotd rocks again at the end of the year, uh, we will switch everything over from MSOD Rocks to be straight just chord progression podcast to make it a lot easier for you guys. Um, just wait until all the uh, licensing stuff for the Song of Day stuff basically runs out. I'm not going to, you know, not use what I paid for. And then also thank you, Phoenix Fitness, for sponsoring this video. But again, the most important thing to take away from this episode is the fact that on Coma, Mikey, Ali, and the guys really were able to open up about their personal stuff that's going on with what was going on with them. A lot of different personal details, a lot of different emotional stuff. But it's because of that that you're able to go on this journey with them, really understand certain things about yourself so that you go on living life to the fullest and not living it like you're in a comatose state like a zombie. It is one of the most important things that you can do, one of the most important things that you can remember in this album perfectly puts it out there trust me on that you're gonna want to listen to this thing through and through i lived with this album for about two weeks before this podcast was shot and my god was this definitely something worth doing so please do listen to this album coma by the city is ours so on that note that's gonna be for me today guys thank you for watching listening to the chord progression podcast brought by msod rocks and rock and i'll thrive my name is kevin and you guys know how i end every single one of the big healthy and hearty See you. Yeah.